you on the morning of September 11th, 2001. If you're old enough to remember that tragic day in America, I'm confident an image of where you were and what you were doing that morning immediately popped into your mind. I remember in particular everyone being glued to their TV, looks of shock and horror on the faces of my teachers and classmates at the events unfolding before their eyes. The scene in New York City on that morning was nothing short of pandemonium, as people desperately tried to get a hold of their loved ones. Phone lines were down pretty quickly after the first attack, since one of the city's major cell phone towers was located on top of the World Trade Center. Overall, there were thousands of missing persons reports filed on September 11th, and loved ones flooded the streets with posters displaying the faces of those lost. But the story I'm going to tell you today is a little bit different than the rest. Today we're going to discuss the disappearance of Sneha Phillip, and why the circumstances surrounding her disappearance are much less clear, her final movements shrouded in mystery. You're listening to episode 5 of 1 minute and 43 seconds, a true Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Sneha Ann Phillip was 31 years old when she disappeared. She was a young doctor who had married her boyfriend of five years, Ron Lieberman, just a year earlier in 2000. While Sneha was born in India, she eventually moved to New York with her parents. After attending medical school and traveling, including taking a year off of school to travel in Italy so that she could graduate with Ron, also a doctor, the couple eventually settled in New York City. On the morning of September 10, 2001, Sneha's husband said that Sneha planned to do some cleaning at the couple's apartment, as Sneha's cousin was expected to come over for dinner in a couple of days. Sneha's husband, Ron, returned to the couple's apartment around 11 p.m. on the night of September 10th. Sneha wasn't home, but Ron didn't find it too strange, as she had frequently been staying out. Also, her cousin and brother lived nearby, and she would sometimes stay with them if it got too late. In an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, Ron said that this was because he worked crazy hours, and Sneha wasn't always comfortable staying in their apartment by herself. Because he had an early shift the next day, Ron went to bed. When he woke up in the morning of September 11th for work at 6.30 a.m. and Sneha wasn't home, he assumed Sneha had crashed with her cousin or brother, as she was apt to do. It was, however, a little odd that she hadn't called to let him know where she was. Still, Ron headed out for work. And then the world changed. At 8.46 a.m., American Airlines Flight 11 slammed into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. United Airlines Flight 175 would soon follow, crashing into the South Tower at 9.03 a.m. As the world tried to grasp the events of the day, hundreds of people were reported missing. The police department struggled to keep up with the new reports, and as the towers collapsed, dust and debris enveloped lower Manhattan, leaving the fate of many a complete mystery.
Filled with anxiety, Ron hopped on an ambulance and began the trek into Manhattan. Overall, the trip took six hours. Imagine hearing the devastating, unprecedented attacks taking place a mere few blocks from your apartment and being unable to get in touch with your spouse. During this time, Ron felt that he was living in a nightmare. When Ron was finally able to get to their apartment, using his medical credentials to bypass the numerous police and emergency personnel in the surrounding area, he found himself unable to get inside his apartment building. The front gate was operated by electricity, but the power was out. Desperate, he stood outside yelling for Sneha, but still his attempts to reach her were unsuccessful. Ron spent a sleepless night with a friend as he pondered the fate of his wife. It wasn't until the next morning that Ron was able to get into his building, and what he found was a very eerie sight. Not only was Sneha not there, there was no sign that she had been there. A thick layer of dust covered the surfaces of the unit from an open window. The only footprints were those of the couple's two kittens. To make things worse, neither Sneha's brother John nor her cousin had heard from Sneha, so wherever she had been on the night of September 10th, she wasn't with them. From the outside, Sneha seemingly had a perfect life, but things are not always what they seem. That's not to say that there was anything abnormal with Sneha's life. Everyone has issues to cope with. Sneha was facing some legal issues. Earlier in 2001, she was essentially fired from Cabrini Medical Center where she was completing an internship, or her contract was not renewed. The center cited Sneha having an issue with alcohol for termination, but Sneha disagreed. She thought she was fired because she reported that a fellow intern had groped her. But they didn't believe her, and the prosecutor turned around and charged Sneha with falsely reporting an incident. She was told the charges would be dropped if she recanted her earlier report, but she refused to do so. On the morning of September 10, 2001, Sneha was in court and pleaded not guilty to the charge. Sneha did like to go out and drink, allegedly. According to police, after her termination from Cabrini, she spent nights going out to various gay and lesbian bars and would even leave with some of the women she met while out. While this led to some rumors that Sneha was possibly bisexual, that is a matter that has been disputed by her family, including her husband, Ron. After all, she was allegedly groped at work. She went to gay bars because she wanted to avoid being hit on by men, he says. Sneha would oftentimes stay out all night, crashing at friends' or cousins' places. Additionally, although Sneha started a new internship at St. Vincent Medical Center, she was already beginning to face issues. She had been suspended for missing a mandatory alcohol counseling session. Another incident stated in the police report was that on the morning of September 10th, after Sneha's court hearing, she and her husband were heard loudly arguing about Sneha's relationship with alcohol and her night spent out partying, an allegation that Ron denies. In an effort to get the attention of the police, who were already overwhelmed with missing persons reports, Sneha's brother John concocted a story. He lied, saying he was on the phone with Sneha and that she had been in the Twin Towers at the time of the attack. That she was saying she needed to help people, 
since she was a doctor. But he had not, in fact, heard from his sister. And while his lie did gain the interest of the media, it brought her family nowhere closer to finding Sneha. There's also been another rumor that surrounds the case of Sneha Philip. This comes from a police report as well. Police state that after Sneha's termination from Cabrini, her brother and her were not on speaking terms after he came home to discover Sneha in bed with his then-girlfriend. John vehemently denies this, and it's unclear where this rumor came from, whether there is any truth to it, and if not, why police would lie about it. In an effort to understand what happened to Sneha, Ron hired a private investigator and started to retrace her steps on the day of September 10th. She had a two-hour online conversation with her mom, in which she said she planned to visit the Windows of the World restaurant on top of the North Tower of the World Trade Center. One of her friends had planned to be married there next spring. When she was going to the restaurant was unclear. She simply stated that she was going to check the restaurant out sometime between then and the wedding, which could have been over the period of six months. After the conversation with her mom, Sneha left her place at 4 p.m. and dropped some clothes off to be dry cleaned. She then visited a department store where she purchased a dress, lingerie, bed linens, and shoes with the couple's credit card. This trip was captured on surveillance camera. A clerk at the department store stated that she remembered Sneha as she was a frequent customer and that Sneha was shopping with another Indian woman she claimed to be her friend. Despite her family and police investigating the claim, no record of any calls to this person or confirmation that she even existed has ever been determined. This was the last confirmed sighting of Sneha Phillip. Making things more complicated, Sneha's bags with the merchandise she was seen on surveillance purchasing the night before were not found at the apartment she shared with Ron. Sneha never came home. There was one more clue, though, although unconfirmed. Investigators spotted a woman in the lobby of Ron and Sneha's apartment building on the morning of September 11th. They believed it possible that it was Sneha, but could not positively identify the woman as being her. The woman in the footage is seen entering and waiting near the elevators. However, she does not enter an elevator and instead waits in the lobby and leaves a short time later. The woman in question did not have any bags or belongings with her, but according to her husband and family, the woman had the same hairstyle as Sneha and had similar mannerisms. Unfortunately, the early morning sunlight shined into the building in such a way that you couldn't quite make out the woman's detailed features to be certain. Sneha has never been seen or heard from again. Her actions after she was seen leaving the department store on the evening of September 10th are unknown. The woman she was seen to be shopping with has never been identified. Did Sneha spend the night of September 10th with this person? Did she go out to party and encounter a person with nefarious intentions? Where were her bags with all the items she had purchased that night? Were they gifts for her friend who was to be married the following spring? Are they in possession of someone who murdered Sneha? Did Sneha's personal issues catch up to her? 
Some believe that Sneha's recent legal trouble, along with her alleged issues with alcohol, could have been the catalyst for Sneha to escape an unhappy life, using the events of September 11th as the perfect distraction to leave. Or, as Sneha's family has suggested, did she witness the attacks on the morning of September 11th as she made her way back home, only to rush into the building to render medical assistance? Was it in fact Sneha seen on surveillance that morning? Did she hear the commotion outside causing her to exit the building and rush to help? The time the unidentified woman resembling Sneha was seen on surveillance was right around the time of the attack. But if it was her, where were her bags? So many people that disappeared on September 11th, and while tragic, were assumed to have perished in the attacks. Many were known to be in or around the World Trade Center, and although they weren't necessarily located, families can assume their loved one was killed. Not in Sneha's case. There's just too many other factors to say definitively what happened to her. One thing I find particularly interesting are the two points that were indicated in the police reports. That Sneha and her husband argued loudly after her court hearing on the morning of September 10th, and that Sneha and her brother were not on speaking terms because he caught her in bed with his then-girlfriend. These events either happened or they did not, yet both Ron and John fervently deny these allegations. I may be naive, but I do not see a motivation for police to lie about this. If they were looking for a simple answer to Sneha's case, it seems like the events of 9-11 would offer that. However, John and Ron insist these allegations are untrue. The police, they say, are trying to make up for their early inaction in the case. Proponents of the theory that these events are true allege that perhaps Ron and John are trying to sweep these events under the rug trying to preserve Sneha's dignity by not tarnishing her name. They would rather she be remembered as a heroic doctor, giving her own life to save others, rather than someone with scandals. Whether or not these events happened, it seems somewhat likely that Sneha struggled with alcohol in some ways. At the very least, it was a habit she was partaking in more than some thought she should especially if it was affecting her job to the point she was to attend mandatory counseling for it. Still, alcohol is a vice that nearly 80% of Americans enjoy, and it's unclear whether or not Sneha's alcohol use contributed to her disappearance. Allow me to propose a theory. Let's say Sneha made plans to meet up with this friend, this unidentified woman she was seen shopping with, Perhaps the plans were made prior to that day and in person, due to the lack of any evidence of phone contact between the two. Sneha runs her errands and then meets her friend at the department store for some shopping. The items she purchased, bedding and lingerie, could they have been a gift for her friend that was to be married? Could she have left her bags at this unidentified woman's home, planning to come by to pick them up later? Let's say she does. Then we have the woman who could have been Sneha seen entering her apartment building on the morning of September 11th. Maybe she plans on stopping by home quickly and going out again, and that's why she chooses to leave her bags at her friend's house. She's waiting for the elevators when she hears the first impact, when Flight 11 hits the North Tower. 
Now, I of course didn't know Sneha, but if I was in that situation, I would probably go out and see what was going on. I feel like most people would. So continuing with this theory, maybe she hears the attack, goes out to investigate further, and finds herself compelled to see if she can help. She's killed either running into the towers or by falling debris. The only potential issue I see with this theory is why her body was not located. Not to be too morbid or graphic, but most of the missing who were not located were those whose remains were buried inside the tower. If Sneha was simply around the tower and killed by falling debris, I would think it more likely that she would have been found. But I'm not an expert, and I could very well be wrong. Another possibility is that Sneha stayed with the unidentified woman the night of September 10th and decided to go to the Windows on the World at the top of the World Trade Center. As I understand it, this was a collection of venues that included restaurants, and breakfast was being served at the time of the attacks. Could Sneha have been dining there that morning with her friend? This would explain her body not being found. I don't find the idea that Sneha used the attacks of September 11th as a way to escape her life so likely. I think that, yes, she may have had some demons that she was dealing with, like so many others of us, but I think that's part of being human. I think the decision to leave one's life oftentimes takes planning and forethought, and without knowing that the attacks were going to take place, it seems very unlikely to me. A third theory is that Sneha was harmed by someone she met on September 10th, the September 11th attacks being a coincidence when it comes to her story. Did Sneha go out that night with the friend she was seen shopping with? Or did she go out in general and encounter someone else and met with foul play? This would explain Sneha not checking in with her husband, as was typical for her to do if she was staying out. It would also explain why her shopping bags weren't at home if she never made it there. Sneha Philip was declared legally dead in 2004. Her husband, Ron, fought for her name to be included on the list of victims that perished in the September 11th attacks. A judge denied his request, stating there was insufficient evidence of Sneha dying in the towers. Ron appealed the decision in 2008, and Sneha was officially listed as a victim of the attacks, making her the 2,751st person presumed to have perished that day. It has been 19 years since that tragic day and since Sneha Philip has been seen. The most plausible theory behind the disappearance depends on which trail you follow. Sadly, any evidence as to her whereabouts that may have existed were no doubt destroyed along with the Twin Towers that day. But her family and friends and whoever reads about her case, her memory lives on.
for listening to episode 5 of 1 minute and 43 seconds, a true Unsolved Mysteries podcast. For more, please visit 143mysteries.com or follow us on Instagram at 143mysteries. Thank you. This podcast has been approved by Skipper the Cat. Right, Skippy?